This week we have a special feature, especially for the children. I want you to realize, children, that you are important, and a special welcome to all the children who are listening and watching, especially the prairie children. Your lives have been affected as well by the events that are taking place in our world today. No Sunday school, no school, maybe not as much time with your friends as you'd like to have. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 18, want to read just a couple of verses that tell us how important you are. Matthew 18, verse 1, At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto them, and set him in the midst of them. And he said, Verily I say unto you, Except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What that's telling us is Jesus used a child, and we are blessed with children. It's a privilege and it's a blessing from God that we have children to teach us lessons. Some of the lessons that we can learn from you as children are humility. Jesus mentioned that. We sing that song, J-O-Y, Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. Humility is a mark of, of children, and uh, we can learn from them. Jesus very clearly was telling us that, that these children, these, this little child that he set in the midst of them was, was humble. And uh, along with humility goes dependence. Children are so dependent upon adults, especially newborn children, and as they grow and and get older, they're still dependent upon the help of their parents and older siblings. Another characteristic of children that I think we need, as adults need to be reminded of is their willingness to forgive and to forget. As the older we get, the more we tend to hang on to our grudges. Children seem ready to forgive and forget and to continue on with, with life and enjoy it. The fourth thing I want to notice is that Children are very uh, impressionable. They give uh, an expression of faith and believing. And uh, that's what we need when we relate to a God as great as we have. We need to be faithful. We need to be believing in the promises that he has given to us. So I want you to recognize, children, that you are a very important part of our lives and our church and God bless you through this time. One of the things I thought about as I thought about you children, I thought about missing your weekly treat that my wife hands out to you at the end of the service. And I know there are some parents who have used this as, as a method of uh, performance for you to listen to the sermon Listen to behave well in church, and that's certainly up to the parent if they want to do that or not. Uh, so, uh, as I thought about this, Candy, I, I, uh, I thought, you know, there's a lot of similarities uh, between these candies and you as children. I don't know if you ever took the time to count how many pieces of candy are in these roll, these rolls, but there's 15 pieces of candy within this roll, and I'm told that uh, there's 
if I remember correctly, I think there's like, uh, there's uh, different flavors, different rarities in here, and that no roll is actually uh, intentionally packaged the same. They're not the same. They're just randomly packaged, and uh, so there's a mix. And if you happen to have two rolls that would be identically the same, it's simply a coincidence. These candies, I wish you were here to, uh, to have me hand them to you or have Lois hand them out to you. But uh, if you notice the different colors, that's depicting the different flavors that are within that roll of candy. This candy has a name, and as I was thinking about names, uh, the name candy identifies it with the family of food that it belongs to. It, it's candy. And I had to think about that. I actually uh, tried to uh, contact the company, see if they were an essential uh, product that was continuing to be manufactured or not. I, I read that they are manufactured five days a week for 24 hours a day. And uh, last October, the company was 70 years old. The Smarties Candy Company was 70 years old last October, and it's still family-owned and family-run by, I think, three of, two of the granddaughters and one of the nieces, I believe. So there's three girls, co-presidents or CEOs that are running the company. The United States is the only country that you can buy Smarties in. Uh, Canada has, there is a plant in Canada, but they could not name them Smarties or name something else because of a, another product that already had that name. Uh, so as I was thinking about names, I thought about each of you as children that have names. And uh, Lois told me that when she hands you candy after the service in church, she likes to say each child's name because it helps her to remember who they are. And as I stand by her many times, it helps me too as well to know who you are. I thought of this candy as being representative you, representative as you as children. You know, there's a lot of similarities looking at them. They look similar. Looking at you as children, you're similar. But yet you're different. You have your different likes and dislikes. You have your different flavors. And uh, yeah, there's six different flavors wrapped up in these candy rolls here. I'm told there's white, which represents the arm, the orange cream flavor. Yellow is pineapple, pink is cherry, green is strawberry, purple is grape, and orange is orange. So these are all children, as you would think, maybe in one church, one family. But yet they have different flavors and uh, different talents, different looks, etc. There's, uh, as I thought of, the, there's five different ingredients goes into each of those, those candies. And uh, I thought about your experiences as children. Uh, you have come from different homes. You come from different communities. You have different experiences as you go through life. You're in different environments. So you're not identically the same, even though you may appear to be somewhat the same. You as children are a very flavorful group of children and very important in the eyes of God. Remember that. As I thought about you and your names, 
I don't know if you ever asked yourself the question, why do we have three names? My name was Warren Elam Nolt. And uh, I'm not even sure why my parents came up with the first name Warren. I, I don't know if they knew somebody by that. I never asked them that. I knew my middle name, Elam, was my father's name. And so that gave me some understanding why I had that name. Some of my older siblings, some of my older siblings, actually, their middle name was not really a special name. Actually, my three oldest siblings, their middle name was actually the, the, the maiden name of my mother. They were, my mother was a musser, so their middle name was Musser. And I think my parents actually were the same way, too. My father's middle name was Wanger because his, his mom, her maiden name was Wanger, and my mom uh, was a good, so her, or she was, her, her, uh, her mother's maiden name was good, so her middle name was good as well. And I remember as a child asking that question, why we have, why do we have to have three names? And, uh, I remember this story being told me, and I don't know if you ever heard this story or not, but, uh, I was told, and I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's fictitious, but it, it satisfied my, my question. And, uh, The story they told me was they said long ago, parents didn't used to give three names. They just named them one name. And this boy's name was Tippy Tippy Timbo, Nose Ho Himbo, Harabara Bushke, Emprentanto Pom Pom. And the reason they discontinued doing that was there was two boys in this family. I don't remember the second brother's name, but this boy here... They were out playing together as boys, and the mother was working in the garden. And they were playing around, and in, in, in those days, the wells were open wells. They were hand-digged wells, and they were probably 15 to 20 feet deep. And her mother, the mother told the children, now be careful if you're playing around the well, because they were playing around the well. And as she was working in the garden, all of a sudden, the brother came running to the mother, and the mother happened to be hard of hearing. And so the second brother said, Mom, Mom! Tippy Tippy Timbo, No So Himbo, Harabara Bushke, Imprantento, Pom Pom, fell in the well. And she said, What? And he said, Mom, Tippy Tippy Timbo, No So Himbo, Harabara Bushke, Imprantento, Pom Pom, fell in the well. And she said, What? He said, Mom, come. Tippy Tippy Timbo, No So Himbo, Harabara Bushke, Imprantento, Pom Pom, fell in the well. Well, she said, Go get your father quick. Well, unfortunately, because of the length of his name, it had taken too long. And Tippy Tippy Timbo, Noso Himbo, Harabara Bushke, Emprentanto, Pom Pom, had drowned. And I'm told that ever after that, they decided they're not going to name children with long names again. Now, that I think is, I'm pretty sure, is a fictitious story. Because, but you think of that. How would you like one long name like that? Going to first grade, trying to spell that? That'd be a task. Well, for whatever that's worth... There's another story I want to tell you. That's an old story because that goes back to when I was a boy. That's probably almost 50, 60 some years old. 
Another story I want to, I just read about, and I was reminded about the impact uh, children and uh, how in, how easily impacting children are and impressionable. And this has to do with a teacher. There was a school teacher who was a third grade reading and writing teacher. And uh, again, in any class, you know how it is, in any class in school, there's a cross spectrum of, of learning abilities. There are some that pick up just on the first day, the concept that is taught. Then there's some that it takes two days, some that it takes three days, some that it takes half the year. And uh, so just as there's different candies here, there's some. And in this room, in this classroom, there was one boy particularly that was a slow learner. And actually, people had told his parents, they said, You're, uh, this teacher is never going to be able to teach this boy how to read and write. But he had a determination, and the teacher had determination. And uh, this teacher in her room had a spider fern. Now, there's another name. This is called a spider fern. That's the simple name for it. There's a, a botanical scientific name for this fern, and I actually looked it up. But I'm not even, it's, it's almost like that, almost like tip tip dimbo no so himbo But it's a scientific, it's a botanical scientific name for this fern. But I like spider fern because it's easy to, to, uh, to say and remember. And I'm not sure why I even remember that name. I, that, that amazes me. I, I guess, again, that tells you how impressionable your mind is at a young age. But I, I never forgot that name. But uh, anyway, this teacher, as she was teaching her children reading and writing, when they got to a, um, to a level of learning and performance that she felt satisfied with, she would let them take. Now, this fern is not as big as the fern that she had in her room. She would let them take babies off of this, off of their fern, and their fern was named Veronica. And she gave them a, a start off of this. This is a start here at the bottom here. She let them cut a start off of the uh, off of the plant, and uh, they could put it in a cup and take it home, and uh, it was theirs to keep. And she said, "I want you to name this plant, this new plant, this baby plantlet." Now, I know, I know children enjoy naming things. I don't know that our children ever named plants, but I do know they named cats. I know they named dogs. I know they named calves and cows and whatever else was convenient, equipment maybe. Uh, but uh, plants, that was a new one for me, but I, I, think, it's, I think it's doable. And uh, so as I thought about that, I, went, uh, I thought it would be nice to designate a plant to you as prairie children through this experience. So I'm going to take a, a baby off of this plant. This plant is actually borrowed. I borrowed. My wife had a bigger one, but I, it was so big I hated to haul it along here to church. So Danella very uh, graciously loaned me one of hers, and she said, you can certainly harvest one of the babies off and uh, do what you need to do. So I'm going to harvest one of these And this is, this is for you as children. We're going to put it in water and make sure the roots are going, growing, and getting going. And I want you to name this fern for me, okay? Anybody that's listening here tonight to this program, I want you to uh, get your mom or dad to text me, email me with your suggestion for a name for this fern. 
the spider fern. It could be Molly, it could be Polly, uh, whatever you want to name it. Have your mom or dad text me or email me the suggested name for this fern. And the first time we have church collectively as a group again, I'm going to put all the names in a, in a basket and have one of you as a children select randomly the name for this fern. And uh, once it gets rooted and growing, we're going to put it back into the schoolroom, and uh, it's going to be there, and we're going to designate it and uh, donate it to the school, the teacher, and she can, if she wants to give babies off of it, once it gets growing and going, that that's up to her. But, uh, or him, whoever it would happen to be. But, uh, one of the things about these spider ferns, they're one of the best and healthiest plants to have in, indoors in your house, or school, or church. They actually are helping us, and I thought of that in relation to the COVID-19. They, they take, they're, they're one of the most efficient plants that will take some of the carbon dioxide, some of the formaldehyde, fumes that are in the air from plastics, manufactured products, and convert them into uh, oxygen that we as human beings need. And uh, they're near the top of being one of the, the better plants to, to do that. So I thought in relation to that, I, I thought that's special that uh, if you as children would like to have help name that fern for me, I'd uh, be uh, I'd appreciate that. So children, you're important. You play a role in our lives as a church, as a school, as families. And I want you to be blessed. I want you to uh, be uh, in, important in building God's kingdom. I'd like to uh, conclude with some some thoughts for some of the adults and older people. And you as children can listen to. I thought of this psalm in Psalm 137. And uh, the setting here is God's people are in captivity in a strange land, and they were removed from their place, their normal place of worship. We today are not worshiping in a collective way like we've always been used to. It's different. Psalms 137 reads like this. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. Talking about Jerusalem. We hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that, for there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy, remember, O Lord, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem who said, Raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall be, happy shall he be that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stones. As I thought about the children of Israel's experience here, you know, they wept when they remembered what had been. I don't know what your feelings are when you think of, of what we're experiencing as a church and across the country as our meeting houses are empty. It seems like a void, it seems like an emptiness. 
Now, I realize when Jesus talked to the, the Samaritan woman at the well, you know, that was one of the questions that came up. They said, where, where should we worship God? Uh, she asked Jesus, she said, you say in Jerusalem is a place of worship. And he said, where our fathers are saying a different place. We realize we don't need to be at a central place to worship God. But yet there's an element of worship that takes place when we do it in, in a corporate, in a, in a collective way. That doesn't happen in our own hearts. We know that worship needs to be from the heart. And we can worship God anywhere, anytime, any place. As the children of Israel wept, I believe God see, God saw their tears. God sees our tears. God sees our frustrations. God knows what's taking place in our lives today. He knows our location. We are not necessarily, we have not necessarily been taken captive out of our land. Maybe you feel like you're captive in your, in your houses, <laughs> but, uh, yet we still have a lot of freedom and blessings that we can rejoice in. And God realizes that, I believe. Verse 2 talks about them hanging their harps in the willows. One of the other, locate, one of the other translations talks about hanging them on the poplars. So willows or poplars, not sure, but probably the wetlands, lowland trees, their harps were hanging there. The harps were their instruments of worship. They used them in praise and worship to God. They had laid that aside. I'd like to challenge us this at this time, through this experience, that we don't lay our instruments of worship aside, but that we continue to worship God through this experience. Can we, verses 3 and 4, can we sing the songs of Zion in a strange land? You know, John 16, verse 33, tells us like this. I'll just read it. John 16, verse 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace in the world. Ye shall have tribulation, but be of good, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We can expect difficulties. We can expect tribulations. And I don't have the answer to why God allows this to happen. But we can know that while we are not home yet, we are in a sense in a strange land. We are pilgrims and strangers in this world. And we are not home. We look, we look forward to going home to Zion, heaven, where we can sing God with the most perfect praise that, that uh, we cannot imagine here in this life. But I still believe it's always right to sing and praise the Lord in whatever our experiences are. The children of Israel were saying, can we sing the songs of Zion in a strange land? They asked that question. We can, I believe today, sing the songs of Zion in a strange land. We can worship God in a strange land. Maybe not to the fullest extent that we will when we get home to Zion. Verse 5, he says, If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. To me that's saying, what is important? Really, what is important? Worship and communion with God is what was most important to God's children then. It needs to be what's most important to us today as well. And I think what it's talking about to the right hand and the cunning of my right hand is talking about our natural abilities. What is really most important in life? If I forget God, if I forget to worship God, I may as well forget all my other talents and abilities. I'm, God desires our worship. I may as well let my natural right hand 
conning abilities, forget them. Verse 6, is anything worth talking about in comparison to the things of God? He says, if I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. There's nothing that's worth talking about in comparison to talking about the things of God. I realize there's times we need to talk about other things. There's business things. But we need to recognize that the uh, ability to articulate and... uh, and allow God to work through our lives in every detail is will also impact all of our other aspects of life. Our communication, our relationship to others. When God fully is, is, is in control of our whole being, it will impact every other dimension of our lives, whatever that is. In relationships, business dealings, that's the way God works. We can't, we can't get away from it. We need that. And God wants to experience it that way, that we are different. We're doing it because of our our worship of God. We're doing it because of our love to him. Verses 7 through 9, I I read those verses and I I looked at those verses a little while. You know, I I think the the take home for us here in these verses 7 through 9 is we can expect ultimate victory and realize that God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay Children of Israel here were seemed to be somewhat rejoicing in, in the calamity that was about to befall probably the Babylons who had taken them captive. And I don't know that that's necessarily us for us to worry about. But we know that God is a just judge and uh, we can trust our future to him. There's a verse in Colossians chapter 1 verse 27 I'd like to uh, close with. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that's what we have. That's what we have. We have the, we have Christ living within us in the, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. The hope of glory that there's something. We know there's something that's better. Exactly how all this will unfold in the future. When we will be able to meet again, I'm not certain. I don't have those answers. But I do know that there will be, it'll change at some point in this life or beyond. And uh, we have, if we know the Lord and we know God, it's a mystery. He has shown us the riches of his glory. God is, is wealthy beyond measure. And he has provided us a channel through which we can relate to him. And uh, it gives us a hope beyond this life. So my hope is, and my desire is for you as a congregation that you would experience that hope in Christ. That someday we will get beyond this experience and be able to meet again collectively as God's children and encourage one another in a spiritual way. God bless you.